Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to discuss a Vikings victory on the road. Oh my goodness gracious, they got the job done. Uh, You know, we talk about the offense picking up sometimes, looking good early in the season, defense looking just horrendous. Defense tightening up here in these last, maybe not the Baltimore game, but before that, you know, the last four or five games, definitely played good enough to, you know, to, to secure a W. And then <laughs> the good old offense would stutter steps, especially in the second half. That's been a big, big deal. Even off turnovers, you know, we've only scored a little bit here and there. That was a big thing. So to have those three drives to take care of business in the second half on the road, Against a winning team, too, um, was key, no doubt about it. So we're going to definitely jump into recapping this Chargers game, whether it's on the offensive ball or offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. Shit, even special teams, DD, went off. Uh, overall, good blocking as well. Um, finally got, you know, the last two games, the targets to Jefferson haven't been enough, especially that last game, but just in general, last two games. And we definitely target him. More aggressive play calling in general in the second half. So there's a lot to discuss, no doubt about it. Of course, we'll look forward. Um, And and just the the defense. The defense alone with all those missing key guys. This isn't missing a guy here, missing a guy there. These are quality players that were out. So shots out to the reserves, man. And obviously, you know, Zimmer really called a great game as well. But we're going to preview that Packers game. Just talking off air before we started recording, man, I really wish we had a couple of game or a couple of days to find out who's actually going to play or, or you know have a hunch like a Peterson. You know how bad is Barr going to be? You know how bad is that knee? It doesn't feel like he's going to play this week. We do have Harrison coming back, so you know we definitely uh, got some folks coming back. We'll preview and predict that game. And then if you've listened to the podcast, you know we do a Gophers segment. Unfortunately, the Gophers couldn't get it done on the road against Iowa. They do have two games remaining in the regular season, so we'll talk a little Gopher football to close it down. But if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It's available in a variety of ways. You can stream it live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope if you don't want to and download the show there. You can find the Ropa Dope Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, other places as well. We're also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network. You can find the Grueling, or why don't you head on over to the GruelingTruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate package, that gets you in, uh, three months of HBO Max, plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks without that additional fees that you're seeing more and more. And also, if you go all the way to the Premier package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime included. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, finally, fi- it's been since the Seattle game. And that's when they still had Wilson. That's when they're a little bit better than they have been without him. That's for sure. But it's been since that, since we've been able to handle business overall in the second half, not just, you know, okay, we got to score on the with three minutes or two minutes left. Okay, let's score. But actually the whole second half, living up to it offensively, defensively, but especially offensively in the second half. They finally got it done, and it was a really quality win on the road, Aaron. Yeah, it was a win. Now, it wasn't the prettiest of wins. I think there was a lot in that game, including the referees and their calling of multiple penalties, not only on the Vikings, but all across the board. Uh, it was a tough game to watch, but like you said, still had a little problem at the end of the second quarter, but, uh, you know, it wasn't like the floodgates opened and then they went ahead and, and did some good things in the second half to uh, get a victory on the road in San Diego or. Los Angeles. Right. Um, and you're right. I mean, even, you know, under 
two something or three something to play. They did have that touchdown uh, that got it to 13 and 10 and then came right back out and had a long drive to make it 17 to 13. So we still had, you know, a couple of items that we could point to, but you know what they say, a win is a win. And they definitely got the job done right off the bat though. You know, the Vikes came out there and did score on their opening drive. I guess that was a good, good thing or something. Um, Six-play drive, had to punt, uh, stalled, I think, on a third and eight. Uh, Kendrick's got a nice sack, nice three and out, and, and, and a really nice, I mentioned Didi in the special teams, nice return, I think 26 yards or something on that return. Um, right off the bat, though, we you could see we're trying to get Jefferson the ball. Um, and, and another thing is you could see they were doing play action. We've been kind of wondering what's up with the play action this year. We haven't had a whole lot of it. They definitely were trying to get the play action going and the ball to Jefferson. They gave him a reverse. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, they lost yards on it. But still, you know, it was like, okay, we're even trying to get him a ball there. Um, Cousins fumbled the ball, and live it just looked like it was the defender. But when you see the replay, <laughs> we've had so many weird – and I'm not – I don't want to, like, shoot arrows at O'Neal, for Christ's sake, the last couple of years. He's been the guy. Now we got Derrissaw, too. But, hey, I love him, you know, for what we got. I'm glad we extended him. But <laughs> that <laughs> – to cause the fumble, it's just such a Viking thing to have happen to us. However, um, you know, it is what it is. Luckily, they did kind of, you know, were able to stall him out and everything. And then the Vikings got the ball back and play action. Right away, deep ball to Jefferson. Now he dropped the ball, didn't come down with it. And, of course, um, the, the first down wouldn't have, or the long count or catch wouldn't have counted anyway because, well, we got a, a holding call. And that's Udo. That was 10 penalties at the time. He's up to 11 penalties himself, not 10 holding, or 9 or 10 holding. He leads the freaking league. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you could really tell that they were coming out trying to use that play action. I think Cleveland gave up a sack on a miss uh, block, but we were able to get, you know, 3-0 back-to-back defensive penalties um, kind of helped them along. Now, Wandham did get pressure that kind of made them kind of affect the pass and that kind of stalled them out. I think Danzler had a nice tackle on that one too. He got a little banged up on that play, but then it was 3-3 Right away, though, you know, throwing deep to Jefferson, play action, running a reverse to him, you could tell, hey, let's get the ball into 18's hand. Yeah, you'd think that you could have done that earlier in the seasons, but it appears they had some sort of come-to-Jesus moment on what actually works for this offense with Kirk and and, and Jefferson and, and Thielen and with all the talk about, well, we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that. You can't, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. You got to still do what works. We're just asking for maybe a little bit more variety instead of just maybe, you know, turning to this three wide receiver set, four wide receiver set thing going on, which is fine. But what Kirk really does well and the numbers show it is play action. And they returned to that as well as getting Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, the ball. Uh, in places where they can do things with it. I mean, there wasn't a lot of yards after the catch, but just the variety of routes they hit Jefferson on, managed to integrate Thielen and also give Cook his touches. It seems like a recipe for success uh, going forward. But, you know, it does make you sort of wonder what direction they were headed before and why they decided to scrap it and return to this I guess you could say return to this although I'm glad they did because it seems like it's a a much more successful strategy yeah I mean it's really the last two games because earlier in the season the first what three or four games the offense was pushing the ball they were scoring the points Jefferson everybody was was kind of playing well at that point and then that Cleveland game and then back-to-back games I mean these back-to-back games before to have the amount of Thielen, too, don't get me wrong, but especially Jefferson because he's such a difference maker. And, and it, you know, the fact that they were – I just – I really got to give credit to the coordinator in this one, too. I mean, sure, you know, give credit to Cousins, give credit to Zim to say, hey, we're going to be aggressive in the fourth quarter. There's, you know, telling this coordinator that and all that, that's great and all. But um, 
you know, he gave Jefferson the ball in so many different ways. And, you know, we know they're going to go, you know, for a while now. And that's part of the targeting deep the last probably month or so besides that Carolina game and this one here that, you know, the two deep, the bracketing and all that, but we took advantage of when there was one-on-one with Jefferson and it doesn't always have to be a deep ball because if you mix it up and put them all over the field, he showed you how talented of a wide receiver is, you know, just off of catching the amount of routes he ran. Not a lot of guys can do that in the league. And then you can hit them deep, especially when you got one-on-one. Um, you know, early on, though, it still was a little scrappy, you know, like Thielen fell down on what would have been a first down play. Udo got another penalty. There was a third and 15 that Jefferson made a great catch. He even got penalized, or he didn't get penalized, but I can't remember which, if it was Harris or not, but someone even P.I.'d him, and he still caught the ball. Had another first down catch after that. But the drive stalled. Um, we, Our guy Ham out of the backfield – and that's who we've been giving heat to the last two weeks, right, instead of the targets for J.J. But Derisaw caught the holding uh, on that one. He was kind of coming out the back door. It was a good call, uh, but they did, you know, have to settle, unfortunately, for a 6-3 to three lead there. And then Kendricks, great INT. Once again, Kendricks doing his thing. And this time they made it, and it wasn't just a field goal, Aaron. They made it count with the turnover something another thing they haven't done the last couple of weeks even though i remember there was a cousins got sandwiched on a play i thought he was actually really really hurt he grounded it on that play but once again jj had a nice run after a catch for a first down like a 21 yard i think a a game and uh conklin got it uh got the touchdown 13 to 3 and it felt like finally dude we're, we're taking advantage of our, our defense turning the ball over. Well, that's what you want to see, and unfortunately we just haven't seen that the last couple of weeks. And that was one of their better drives of the day, I thought. And I think they got a little bogged down. Did they go on fourth down, I, I think, in, yep, when they I got so. the ball to Conklin? So, that, you know, you're not as conservative. And, you know, Zim was clear to point that out uh, during – no, it wasn't – actually, that was Fleck, and I'll bring that up in the Gopher segment. But – uh had a snide remark, which I thought was kind of funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, you didn't see the ineptitude usually. that they That's almost like they're shocked they have to go back on the field and play. But um, they've yeah. managed to get a you know, great interception by Kendricks, also a great sack. But like you said, the Thielen slipped. Well, you know, Herbert slipped on that one too, and Kendricks caught him, what, 15 yards on a sack earlier in the game. So, uh, you know, they played well um, defensively, I thought. That first half, except for we'll get to this to the end of the second quarter where they kind of gave up a few, but that was also helped by the referees, so we won't go too deep into that. But um, it was nice to see him score after a turnover. You want to see more of that because you know, regardless of what you say of this defense, they have been causing turnovers lately. Yeah, and uh, I mean, beyond that Baltimore game, you know, for like four straight games, they played winning football, man. And sure enough, you know, it's under three minutes. All right, time to get up some points. Uh, eight play, 75 yards, under two minutes, quick strike. Like you said, Griff hands to the face. It was either Alexander or Breland with the P.I. I think it was Breland, um, 13 to 10. Now, here's another thing. They kind of switched, you know, possessions there, and uh, they ended up getting the ball back, the Chargers. And they made a big, big stink about this on Twitter while I was watching the game. So Zimmer made sure he called all these timeouts to get the ball back, right? But then the first play call with not much time was a run. (laughs) Was that something that stood out to you like, hey, dude, wait a second. Aren't we a changed, you know, changed team this, this week? We're so aggressive. But a lot of people freaked out right before half. You called all these timeouts. Why are you running? On one hand, I hear what they're saying, and I get it. You'd rather pass there. But sometimes I think some of this stuff is a little piling on. Um, but I, but in this case, I bring it up only because Twitter was losing their freaking mind when it happened. I was losing my mind, too. I wasn't even on Twitter. I was like, if they run the ball here, I'm going to throw something at the TV. Now, <laughs> I didn't throw something at the TV. But I was just as frustrated as the Twitterverse was on that. 
It's like, are you serious? You're gonna you go through all of that, and now you're just gonna <laughs> run the ball. And I'm like, you know, and there was a few moments like that. I was like, okay, second and twenty, you're gonna run the. Why are you running the ball? But you know, you gotta figure, you gotta try some things. You run a draw, which they did. Um, that's a pretty common second and twenty thing, and they ended up in second and twenty and second and fifteen far too many times, thanks to Udo, which seems to be having problems. I can't tell if he's the weakest link now, and so he's getting you know the best guy defensively or or all the uh stunts are coming his way. All those are possibilities, but uh I thought the line held up decently well. I guess it could have been better. I mean, Kirk was pressured. It seemed like a lot. I don't know what the final numbers were. He got hit a but, lot. I think it was like six or seven hits, but yeah, it was it was a mixed bag. But I mean, they they managed to somehow piece it together. They still need to work on that. I think Cole's an improvement at center, but not by a whole lot, um, at least as of right now. But yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I forgot where we took off on that this, Twitter, but. like. People freaking out oh, yeah. on Twitter right now. The running on. Yeah, it was just like, oh, you caught all these timeouts. Your first place of run. What? What are we, Nebraska in the 80s? Like, come on, dude. Rozier's not on the squad, and uh, we're not even in college. This is pro football. So you're up 13 to 10 at half. Um, you've already Four. gotten as many first downs as all last week. Or no, two weeks ago. No, last week. It was last week, which is nuts, which is just nuts. Got a nice little spread. You know, 128 through the air, but still 66, you know, on the ground. The biggest thing is those eight penalties. I mean, before they scored on that drive, Aaron, the Chargers near the end, they had more penalty yards, the Vikings, than they had total yards in general. That one hurt. And, and to make matters a little funky here, you know, we got a nice little 13 to three lead. That doesn't mean shit, obviously, especially for the Vikes, but, um, you know, they come right out, 10-play drive, no problem, two quick, you know, passing first downs, just just really just march on down and uh, get the touchdown, 17-13. to 13. And, you know, right then and there, I'm like, man, you know, of course we weren't going to hold on to that freaking lead. I get that part. But, you know, damn, <laughs> now they got the lead, and that was a hell of a drive there. And let's see you know, how we respond. And it was kind of a mixed bag, you know, after that point. Um, had a three and out. Bynum had a nice sack on the Chargers. They managed to go um, five and out, I think, on that play. But then they put together the Vikings, a nine-play drive, 66 yards. Um, another great catch, 27-yarder by Jefferson. And I think this time it was Harrison. There was a P.I. there. Thielen had a nice juke run, kind of tweaked his ankle there, but it was a nice pickup almost into the end zone. Fourth and goal back. We had three straight runs, fourth and goal, and then Conklin, um, you know, um, you know, managed to get that one, 20-17. to 17. And now I'm like, okay, we got a touchdown in the second half. It's not a field goal. It's not just a nice drive. And to respond with a three and out, only burning up a minute, it kind of feels like what we've been doing in the second half. That was key, and it kind of – I really felt fairly confident at that point, like, okay, I think we're going to get this dub. But, of course, as a Vikings fan, you can't – you know, you got to wait till the end. Yeah, it would be nice to think that. I, I kind of thought, okay, well, when's the other shoe going to fall here because <laughs> – you know, change, but the three and out was nice. And going back to the last thing I said was, you know, if you, if I know they're going to run and you know they're going to run and most Viking fans know they're going to, everybody knows they're going to run. So it's like, you got to do something different. But yeah, um, second half, like you were feeling more secure, Chris, after they scored and it was 2017. But at the same time, you're like, well, we're still going to need to do this. We're still going to need to do that. And just having the faith that they would be able to do it is, from what we've seen the last few weeks and, and earlier into the season, you know, if it could be a fumble or a sack or you never know what's going to happen coming down the road. So, yeah, you're right. You can never really be sure. But you did feel a little more comfortable at 2017, although there was still work to be done. Yeah, definitely work to be done. And after that three and out, 12-play drive, take it up seven minutes into the, the fourth quarter, 
two third down conversions. And, you know, for a while there, I think we were one and seven or one and eight. Neither, neither team was good on third down until the fourth quarter, really. Two third down conversions, one to JJ, one to Thielen. Cook got a one yard run. It's 27 to 17. And of course, you know, I figured, okay, they're going to, they're going to drive now. And they did almost five minutes, 12 plays, 69 yards. But the defense held. I mean, that Allen to Herbert combination that just barely over uh, the former Chargers linebacker. I mean, that was a perfect play. And I thought, oh, shit. Yep, here we go. Basically what you're saying, like the other shooter drop, like that could have been a pick. That could have been whatever, just a, a knockdown and where they are in the field. Maybe they punt. But uh, the key thing is long drive, that's great, but bend but don't break. And they stopped him, man. And that was a big stop. I mean, of course, they got a field goal, but 27 to 20. And then 436 left on the clock, 10 play. 36 yards, um, so if you count them up, a touchdown drive for almost four minutes, a seven-minute drive, and then another over four-minute drive to completely take over the game, victory formation. However, just like the Vikes do, right, we had to make it interesting, right? The holding on our the first play, it's first and 20. I'm like, oh, this is great. This of is course. just great. Um, now, J.J. made that money catch that they didn't even need to. Uh, you know, once he caught the ball and put his left hand down, once you put your left hand down, the play's over. The play's over right. That's kind of like stepping on a bounce. So they were really looking at that play, but I felt pretty confident, as confident as you can. But we still had to get a face mask and make it first in 25. Of course, Stocky came in there, I think. And somehow, we, you know, now it's first, and I'm like, are we really doing this? Can we not just do this? And sure enough, Thielen almost probably could have ran his route another yard or something so he could stretch. Couldn't quite get it, but that fourth and two pitched to the side for, or, you know, pushed to the right side of Cook. And it was just a wonderful thing to have the game in hand and have that victory formation. That's how you really want to draw it up beyond winning at the last second. But if you can, to control that, that last part of the game, well, that's how you want to do it every time. It just never really works out that way. And, you know, I count on my hands in the last three or four years since we've been doing the show how many times we've ended a game in the victory formation. It hasn't been that many times. I remember specifically like a game in Atlanta where we got to run the clock out and uh, this game and maybe Seattle a couple game, others. But a couple Seattle of games ago. But not many other times have they been able to finish it off. And I think that's something that they've been working on finishing off games, you hear it in press conferences constantly about, well, we got to learn how to finish off games and blah, blah, blah. And they tend to be in position to do that majority of the time, I think. It's just that they don't – something goes wrong. And when you start first and 20 because you get a holding call and, you know, the refs do everything in their power to make it very difficult, you got to overcome a lot of adversity to get there. And that's one thing I could say about this game is that, you know, they not only did they overcome – the the LA Chargers they uh dealt with their own penalty issues as well and you thought well this penalty is going to kill a drive and then you know you get a nice pass to Jefferson or a run from Cook that made up for it so you know it, it's starting to progress into something that you can kind of feel confident about but at the same time you're like well if you could just get rid of those penalties it'd be a whole different ball game yeah Literally, like, three or four less, you know, and that game's not as close as, as it should have been. And we could say that all year. That's really well said. And, um, you know, as far as our, you know, the, for quite some time now, the last month or so, we've seen it. I think it started kind of with Cleveland, you know, the the two deep, you know, taking our trying to take our deep ball away, especially to Jefferson. But Thielen can go deep. And I really, just to reiterate, I really like how that, you know, looking at the uh, the route tree <laughs> is basically what it is of Jefferson's routes. I saw this posted on Twitter, and it really caught my eye. And, and you know, you can you can throw the ball 15 yards, and someone can make a, you know, Thielen and, and Jefferson and others, too, Cook, like you mentioned, too, can do something with the ball. I mean, 
there's so many times where we've been throwing it like three to four yards behind the line of scrimmage. And I'm not saying get rid of that altogether, but it just seemed like we kept going to it and going to it and going to it. And some of that is, you know, we we are in the games a lot of times. So, okay, we're not going to take a risk. Sometimes it could be like, well, let's not, we don't need to strike deep here. Sometimes like, you know, give what, take what the defense is giving you. And I, and I get that. But one thing is to get back to that play action, which we really haven't used much at all heading into this game, we were 26 or 29th. Oh wait, that's two games ago. 29th, 20% of our, you know, the play action rate, 20%, that's 29th in the league. And I understand like, Tweaking it a little bit, I mean, you know, we did lose Irv Smith, so we have been doing more three wide receiver sets and whatnot, but um, we still need to use it, and we can still get the ball to Jefferson. It's just nice because, like I said, the amount of targets he's got in these two games, I think some have piled on like it's been this whole season and even last season. I think that's a little over the top, but, man, these last two games before this, there was just no excuse, and some of that's – We've talked about Zimmer, coordinator, Cousins, just taking the, okay, the ball, they're coming. I'm going to just dump it off to Ham nine times. You know, it's a variety of stuff that plays into who's at fault. We went over that last week, too. But we just got to remember who we got on our team and just mix it up, man, because heading into last week's game, Jefferson had 15 catches on first down, which led the league. So, and we're in a lot of third downs, right? Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it was fun to just, you know, feed them the ball. And then we still got 25 carries to cook too. Well, yeah. Speaking of taking what the defense gives you, I mean, they're going to give you a CJ ham all day. <laughs> if that's what, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. And, you know, a lot of it goes to giving guys a chance. I mean, Kirk's got two interceptions on the year. I mean, you can afford a couple more in there. Now you're right, we're in tight games a lot, but you got to take some risks and, and trust your guys. I mean, if there's a receiver in the league I would trust with a contested ball, it would be either Jefferson or Thielen. They're both great at it. They're both great route runners. I think you got to take more chances. Now I don't know. You know, you're, it's like you said, it's a combination of things. You know, you're in the ball game. Do you want to take a risk? Is it a calculated risk? Where you know where? Where are you in the ball game as far as, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter? You know, it's a multitude of variables. But at some point you have to take these risks. And I think what Jefferson proved, particularly Jefferson proved on Sunday, was that it's worth throwing a ball up to him that might be questionable. He's got a good chance of coming down with it. And you know Thielen will come down with some stuff. So you got to take more chances through the air and, just because someone looks covered doesn't mean they are covered. Um, you can't just check down to CJ or check down to Conklin all the time. You got to move the ball down the field. You got to make an effort to do it and you got to make an effort to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. And that's screens to cook. That's, I mean, you're looking at three of the best at their position, uh, on the offensive side. And if you're not getting the ball to them and instead you're increasing the targets of Conklin and Ham and Stalker and, all these other guys, it just doesn't make any offensive sense. And most Viking fans have been yelling this from the rooftops for the last couple of weeks. And usually the, the plays to Ham and Conklin, those are usually the big 17, no, you know, 17 yards, no one saw it coming, you know. Use it once a game, twice a game to Ham. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was pretty bad last week, or the week before, whichever it was. It was really bad. And just the yards per, you know, uh, completion, you know, that is something that along with some, you know, our screen game this year has just, I mean, the last few years, 19 and 20, we've been one of the best screen games. And that has just basically in a sense before, you know, a little bit earlier this year, but that's kind of shrunk. And when you look at the per, uh, you know, we, we didn't throw a ton in, let's say in 18 and 19, but we were always yards per throw top five, top three, and this year, not so much. We're, we're kind of lower middle of the pack. 5.7 is where Cousins falls. Now, below them are some names that they're kind of in struggling stuff, too. In fact, I didn't even see this, but Mahomes is 5.07. Jesus, 
Roethlisberger, Rodgers is lower, Mac Jones is lower. Above them, just barely Tannehill, Herbert, Brady's at 5.1, Matt Ryan's at 5.9. And we're usually, like I said, six and above easy every year so far in this system anyway. And so that needs to improve. And you can tell the weeks when we do and when we don't. You know, I mean, of course, you're not going to be able to, like I said, it's not, when we say deep ball, it's not jump deep ball. You know what I mean? There's a difference. Like, Jefferson with two guys on him, jump deep ball, he's still not a big body guy. But like you said, especially when it's one-on-one, both these guys make a big play. Can you hear me right now? Yeah, I hear you just fine. Okay, because my, my speaker, what I normally see is kind of messing up. Let me know if you can, uh, and then I'll. I'll adjust something. But, yeah, a lot of it comes down to that. And here's the thing that kicks you in the ass sometimes. When you look at it this year, it it really kind of just strikes you as like, I understand doing some stuff. I understand we lost a tight end. I understand the three wide receiver stuff and some of that we like. But we're actually, even this year, (laughs) we're pretty good at it when we do it. You know, this is it's just kind of – it's kind of funky how we've gotten away from stuff that we really like to do. Yeah, here it is. So um, when we throw 20 yards or more, we're 12th right now. And we haven't even done it as much as we normally have these last two years. But yet we're th- heading into this last game. We were 30th in deep ball attempts. And that's just 20 yards and above. You're not going to get 50 yards all the time and 40 yards all the time. But we definitely got to get back to that because – that's what it is. I mean, if you, and I know the, the conversation is, well, they don't trust Cousins. But to me, that's just a crock of shit. He's, I mean, look at the first four, five games this year. We were throwing the fuck out of the ball. And actually, yeah. if you look at it since 2015, he has the most 40-yard touchdowns out of anyone. So this whole thing of, well, they're afraid, they're this. I think it is more sometimes, well, we're in this game, I'm going to game manage. Well, that's great, and there's a time for that. But we definitely got to – increase just getting the ball a little down the field, you know, not behind the line of scrimmage as much as we had these last two weeks. Sorry, I just we've been ranting on this stuff, and it, it does frustrate you. I, 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 maybe I want you to know. <laughs> Let me pull this string. Here's where I get a little confused. So I'm assuming, and this is an assumption, that we, we took on Clint Kubiak as a continuation of what Gary Kubiak was doing, which was a bread and butter, play action, screen game, uh, zone run type of offense. And you would assume that the reason why Clint was such a convenient hire was that he would continue to do that. But what it seems like is that, you know, he wanted to take this opportunity, and this is my just my speculation, to maybe form his own identity offensively and has been trying that throughout the beginning parts of this season and is now sort of gone back to what has always worked, which is the bread and butter of the screen game and the, you know, what I said earlier. So it's like, is it possible that his change in philosophy, that there's a change in philosophy with him is like, okay, yes, I wanted to try this new stuff. I really tried hard through a lot of adversity. It wasn't working. Let's go back to what works. And, you know, cook on a screen is going to work nine times out of 10. If you, as long as you got blockers out there in a little open field, Cook will get the most out of it. And you're going to find, you know, contested catches with, 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 uh, Jefferson and, and you're going to find a good routes and clean open with feeling. So you've got the tools to do this. And now the play action is, is the thing. If you're going to, it requires a good running game, which I thought Madison ran really, really tough. I think Cook always, you know, like I said, just Cook on the field establishes the run. Sometimes I think you don't need to run the ball 24 times with Cook. Just get him on the field and everybody's aware that he's there and you've established the run there before the play action will work. And it just seemed like they went away from it. And I'm just speculating as to why or, or how they ended up getting away from it, but it seems like they're returning to it, which is good because I think Kirk's numbers show, as I said earlier, that that's really what he's best at. And especially in modern day football, play action passing is not what it was, you know, in the nineties and the early two thousands, but it's still a very effective form of football. And Kirk can be the most effective, I think under play action or on bootlegs. And I, I know Zimmer said they did a lot to take away the bootlegs, but you can still find things to do. I know last week you brought up three-step drops, quick throws, but that's a whole different framework 
And I think what we're seeing now is maybe return to the, to our basically bread and butter, what we know works with our personnel. And, uh, if they can continue doing this, especially because Green Bay's, they know what we do. I mean, it's not going to be a secret to them. And you can come out with these different three wide receiver sets, try to fool them or whatever, but they know what we're going to do. And, uh, I just don't think you can lose with Cook on screens and, and Kirk and play action. See, can you hear me now? Let's see if I can get in here. Can you hear me still? You're muted. Can you hear me? Can you hear me at all? Yes, I hear you. Aaron, do you still hear me? You hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so you couldn't hear that last little bit, what I said at all. Aaron? No, I just, no, as soon as I stopped talking, I couldn't hear you. Okay. All right. Um, so my point was when we do, and it's, it doesn't, it's not always the jump ball, deep ball. Like I said, it's crazy when I, I was looking at the numbers of those, you know, yards per catch the week, two weeks before this, 6.7 and 5.3. That's been second lowest. Cleveland was 5.3. The first two, 7.2, 7.6, 8.5. Then we had an 8.1 and 7.8. These are 48 attempts, 42 attempts, 49 attempts, 34 attempts. Like, it's pretty clear we got to get back to what we do. And, you know, if the short passing is working for one game, sure. But it can't be back-to-back because you can't, you know, not target you guys is what it comes down to. I want to say this defensively, though. Um, Herbert was held under 200 yards for the third time in 24 starts. Um, to get him to, you know, 20 of 34 with a pick, a great pick at that, I really thought they did a hell of a job. And it kind of reminds me here, or kind of makes me think, like, you know, is Peterson going to be available here? Because, man, it sure would be nice to have another veteran corner. We definitely saw what, you know, what he was able to do as far as containing folks and whatnot. Um, the blitzes, you know, without Hunter and Pierce, the fact that the defense actually has a lot more depth. Sure, the edges aren't as much depth without Hunter, but the inside, there's still four guys that are really, really solid. Two young guys, two vets. Um, so that's helping the blitz packages and the pressure. We're going to have to find a way to keep hitting on these pressures and to get pressure up the middle because, you know, we got some good edge rushers. They're, they're more selection now, but you know, without Hunter, it, it seems like it's a, a bigger, a bigger drop off only because like Pierce is money and I want him back that week 13, but at least we have Thomason, Sheldon, two young guys, two Watts has played great this year along with the Baylor guys. So defensively speaking, we just got to keep it going here into Green Bay. Anything else you want to talk about, maybe something about the defense or start getting going on this Packer uh, preview? Well, I'll just lead into the Packer preview. Um, You're right. You got to find a different option because you're not going to be able to run the same kind of blitzes against Rodgers that you were able to run against uh, Herbert. It's just the experience factor and, Rodgers eats up blitzes. So you're going to have to find a way to get pressure uh, with four. And, you know, we saw Patrick Jones came in. He got a penalty, but I thought, you know, I kept a close eye on him when he was in the game. Yeah. And he's really big dude, and he's coming off that other end. And uh, I think he definitely has potential. I saw number 66. I think that's Yarborough. I didn't really see a lot out of him, but he seemed to be around the ball. And then you got Lynch. And the inside guys. So you're going to have to find a way to get some pressure from Sheldon Richardson, Delvin Tomlinson, James Lynch, and, uh, Armand Watts, uh, to make up the slack for Hunter being gone. I think you got adequate ends. Wanham can play and contain and do all that stuff, but 
uh, as far as like high impact pass rush. You're going to ha- have to hope you find that. I think Willikis is even out now. That's and right. So I think you have to find Jones is going to have to play a part here, and I'm glad to see it because I think he can do it, and I think we're all going to be pleasantly surprised when he gets some more playing time. But like I said, going into the Packer game, uh, defensively we've known you can't blitz Rodgers for, hmm. I don't know, as long as Rodgers has you know, been an experienced NFL quarterback. It's just tough to do. It might be a little different now that he doesn't have Jones, but he's sure got a big running back with Dylan. And that's always a problem for us too. Kendricks is a great linebacker, but he's not that big. Um, you know, so you're going to need a lot from the defensive line in this one. And, uh, you know, as depleted as it is, I think secondary is fine. Of course, Peterson back is going to be, if he doesn't, in fact, come back, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the corner rotation is like. We talked a little bit off air. Is it going to be Peterson Breland or is it going to be, uh, Peterson Dantzler? Has Dantzler earned that other starting spot? I personally think he has, but I guess that's up for, uh, debate and we'll see what happens. Uh, Bynum seemed to hold down Harrison's oh. spot, although he might be back or might not be back. And, uh, but at least you know you have some depth there, which was always a question. That safety spot has just been, you know, we got our starters and, that's about let's, it. Let's hope. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you got to have all those guys for Rodgers because, you know, he'll extend plays. He'll he'll do the things that he does. And, you know, if we're, couldn't be more familiar with them. They couldn't be more familiar with us. It's just going to be one of those fights that happens every year, twice a year. And they're fun to watch. But, you know, you got to – we managed to beat them at their place last year. But he murdered us here. And, uh you know, defensively, we have some different parts, but we don't have, like you said, some of the key guys like Barr and Hunter and, you know, Pierce and the guys that were meant to make a difference in games like this. We don't have, so it'll be interesting to see what they do defensively. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty shaky on Barr making it back. I, I have a feeling if I had to make a bet on a Monday, I'd say he's probably not going to make it back this week. Pierce, we know now officially isn't back until that, what I said, line game. Um, I, I think Harrison Smith, because it didn't sound like, he, you know, he, he had a bad case of COVID-like. And hopefully, you know, we give Bradbury some stick, no doubt. But, you know, he was in the hospital. So um, there's really no reason to, to put him back in the lineup for a little bit, especially with, you know, his reserve plan, probably a, a tish better. But like you said, nothing like that blows you away. But, hey. I have seen him take another bump in there, take the initial hit, and then hold his ground enough, something that Bradbury has an issue with. But so I'm, th- you know, right now my prediction, like we've said in the past before, that it will involve Peterson being back because, you know, they can always throw the ball around the field. Obviously they got a stud wide receiver. It'd be nice for a chunk of those plays, a high percent of those plays, to be able to have him. So if we can get Peterson back and Harrison Smith, that's huge for the secondary right there. And I think our rotation in the middle, like I mentioned, is enough to somewhat make up for Pierce, but there's really no making up for him. But, yeah, I am worried about the Hunter thing. All right, breaking this game down, our offensive numbers um, are are a, a touch better than theirs. Their defensive numbers have been really, really solid. Um it's a tight game, though. I mean, it is a home game, and I'm thinking we're going to play a lot better than we did in our last home game, which was the frickin' Cowboys. Um, we did mention three games ago with this, the fourth game, if we could go 2-2, two and two, that's still alive. If they can get to 5-5, five and five, that would be huge if you look at the next four games. Big, big time, but we'll, we'll talk about that next week because we're not there. Over under 49, so there's not going to be a whole lot of points put up. But like I said, when you look at some of these defensive stats that they have, I mean, they are in, in a lot of categories. They're just slowing you down. The Packers, look at this. This came from Field Yates on Twitter today. Completion percentage, uh, 56% last in the league. Yards attempt, we just mentioned this, right? 6.7, 31st in the league. Interceptions tied for the most in the NFL. Uh, by the way, you know, Alexander's been out and they've been doing this. They're, they're you know, all pro type corner. So, you know, I think it's going to come down to the last little bit. I do think it's going to be a game where we're both uh, 
in the high teens, uh, low twenties. Um, I'm calling for a 20. What did I put? Where's my damn piece of paper? 20. Shoot. Must have wrote it on something else. I got the Vikings winning. And this is the first time. Well, no, I, I, I did pick them back to back against Detroit at home, which they almost lost. And then Carolina. I was going to say, man, it's been tough to pick them back to back this year. Um, they did get a win last week. So, yeah, I'm picking them to win, and I have it like some kind of funky score. It's like 23 to 19 or 23 to 20 or 20. I just can't remember where the hell I wrote it down on this on my notes. But I got the Vikings winning, boy, I hate to say it, by a, a field goal. Am I, am, I, am I saying this? I don't know what I'm saying. Help me out. <laughs> well, here's my take on it is you're going to get – uh, the biggest test this offensive line will have up until we play the Bears. We haven't seen the Bears yet this year. This Packer defensive line it will be the probably the toughest test they've seen since maybe Cleveland. Um, and, you know, Cleveland I've watched since, and I've seen offensive lines handle them a lot better than we did. So I'm not feeling great about the Viking offensive line. Any warts that we have I think will be exposed and, by warts, I mean Udo, Mason Cole, or Bradbury if he's there. Uh, how much has Cleveland improved? Uh, can Derisaw really stop a good end? I think he can. I got a lot of faith in Derisaw. You know, as uh, O'Neal, you know, he had a rough game last game. I think uh, probably one of the worst games I saw him have was last he game. He had a strip, so, though. I mean, he did have a strip sack. Well, I think it was just hot potato. He didn't know what was going on. So he, yeah, let me just put my arm someplace. And uh, so I think it's a tough test. I think the Packers win this one. Uh, I don't want to say handily, but I'd say 10 points-ish. I just don't think offensively – look, here's the thing. Cook can usually usually gets a long run against the Packers almost every game. It's just where does it come and, and how does it work? And, uh, you know, are we going to continue this offensive philosophy of, you know, play action and screen and stuff? Because that's something that's given – Green Bay trouble in the past. Um, so I hope that we stick with it. But uh, defensively, uh, for us, I think it's going to be a lot easier with Jones out, but they still have Dylan, and that's a whole different, uh, you know, ball of wax there. So, and they still got the receivers, and they still got Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, Kendricks is, and Barr together are good against Rodgers, and I don't think we've seen Vigil and Kendricks against it, but. I want to I want to go on your side and say they're going to win, but my gut's telling me that we lose this game by like ten points, so something like you know twenty one thirty one, something like that. Something they're in the thirties, we're in the twenties, something like that. I, I hate to say it because I you know, that team in the East I just don't like them, but I think they they get the best of us this time around. Well, we're due to lose uh, comfortably, right? I mean, <laughs> we we haven't won comfortably, but we we too many times, right? Twice, but yeah. You're right. I mean, we we are bound to lose a game by more than a, a score, you know. So if it's going to – you know, our next loss probably will be that. So I think that's a good call. And here we are, the third – when I say must win, meaning, you know, getting in that final spot. The third must win scenario so far already, and we're only in the 10th game. We couldn't go 0-3, so that was a must win. To go 3-3, three and three, we had to beat Carolina. That was a must win. And this, for me, is a must win if we want to sneak into that last spot. And Carolina right now has it. They're 5-5. Five and five. We're 4-5. and five. The Eagles are 4-5. and five. Or, sorry, they're 4-6. and six. Falcons are 4-5. and five. Obviously, we have that head-to-head with Carolina, who's just a game up. So um, are the playoffs reachable? Yes. But if they don't win this game, the next four games, you're like, hey, we got a we got a good chance at all these. But to get this one, you got to protect your home, especially what you did in that fucking Dallas game. Gosh dang it! Anyway, um, let it so go. Yeah, let it go. I don't know if I can. Um, <laughs> any other Vikings oriented stuff, or we get to this uh, Gophers game here? Well, I mean, I, you go with the. I think the biggest play of that game and that's being the Golden Gophers, was a missed tackle by Thomas Rush and uh, I think it was uh, Coney Durr. 
I mean, you had the guy in your grasp. You just get him down. I'm not saying they wouldn't go ahead and score on that, but a freak play basically where you miss a tackle by two people and the game's over. I mean, and uh, I thought they played well. The Gophers went down there. I think they played the best I've seen them play in, at Iowa in a long time, um, but it wasn't enough in the end. Yeah, no, it wasn't enough, and that did ultimately lead to 24-16. to 16. Um, You know, at half, you could ask for better starts. That's great, of course. But, I mean, 13-10, you know, 139 on the ground already. 20-9 to 9, um, time of possession. Uh it, it, it was right there for us, and there's a couple of plays, two different drop ints, a couple of drop balls on offense, a couple of plays you could point to. But when push comes to shove, this defense beyond that dirt play, like you're saying, <laughs> did, especially in the second half with a tight game. You know, they did, they 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 forced like one shoot at like four different punts in the in the second half so to me uh, I'm not putting it all on Morgan because there was some drop balls we had all our wide receivers in this game um but to me there was like three or four times in this game where it's a first down and one of them's a big play I'm not gonna say a touchdown but a big play I think the other three were on third down, and Morgan just missed it clear out. And I guarantee, you know, Fleck is real, is in a tough spot. You know, you can bench him, but it's hard to say you're not going to be my starter anymore because he had so much success in 2019. And his record, you know, his his quarterback record, which can be deceiving, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not saying get rid of him, bench him. I'm not saying that, but I guarantee that the – in three out of the four losses this year, every time Morgan's come up there, and not just the, the quarterback thing, where most quarterbacks take the blame, but even in some times when it's not their fault, a lot of quarterbacks do, more than the pros, I'd say. But he's going to say I didn't play up to par. And, and this year, you know, having two starting caliber, NFL caliber wide receivers Bailed him out in many ways, and a lot of it was just beating one-on-one coverage. You said it yourself, a lot of slants. And the frustrating part is when we do, and it doesn't, like we were talking about the Vikings, it doesn't have to be a 50-yard pass. Those are nice, right, especially when you run the ball like we do. When you're over 200 yards per game, you got to be able to complete more passes. And to me, Morgan didn't, there's a couple other people you can point to, that's great, but Morgan didn't play up to standard in three out of four. And he's having a bad year. He's having a down year. Some of that is the fact that we've had a, you know, our number one wide receiver has been in and out. I can't wait for these, all four of them more than likely to come back next year, at least three out of four. Maybe someone transfers them, who knows. But it will be nice to have them all back. They all got playing experience this year. But, yeah, man, that was a rough one. So we basically have to now beat Indiana on the road. And then it's all about spoiler, and we won't go too deep on that, but that's kind of what we've got to change our attention to, Aaron, is spoiling the Badgers' season because now they're in control of their destiny to, to go to the Big Ten Championship. Well, just to you know, work on the Morgan thing, there's a lot being said uh, out in the public and on the chat boards and so on and so forth, but you got to look at it this way. Other than Ohio State and um, in this Iowa game, the other two losses, uh, it wasn't a defensive issue. I mean, it's, I think Bowling Green scored 14 points or something, and uh, Illinois scored 10, I think. So it was the offensive issue was that we couldn't pass the ball effectively when we needed to pass the ball, and generally that's on third down. And Now you've got a, almost a super senior quarterback at this point in time. I guess next year will be a super senior year, but – uh, that shouldn't be an issue as much as it is. Yeah, you're not always going to complete third down throws, but you should complete more of them. You know, they're not asking him to do a heck of a lot. And I don't think the receivers are, yes, you don't have Bateman, you don't have 
uh, Johnson, but these guys are good. Jackson's good. Ottman Bell's good. Uh, even little Mike Brown Stevens is, is not a bad yeah. option. Yeah. And you got Dalen Wright. So you've got the guys that just something's off. It's not going well for Morgan. And you know, I don't want to make a bunch of excuses for him. Uh, he's not playing well enough. Or he's not playing as well as we thought he would play or should play. Um, but everybody said, well, at least this is, this is going to be his last year. Well, hold on a minute. You know, last year didn't count. So, you know, he, he may be back next year. And, uh, that puts Fleck in. And I think that'll be the talk of the offseason is what are you going to yeah. do with Morgan? Is, you know, are you going to start him again or are you going to, you know, say, hey, open look, the competition, open the competition and, and actually get someone else a chance? I mean, it's not like we're having quarterbacks leaving in the transfer portal as of now. But you never know what happens in the off season. But uh, there seems to be the issue there, and and Fleck won't really address it. But uh, he did say he was questioned in his press conference. I brought this up earlier that he was oh, conservative. Yeah. And he, he, what was his? Re, it was uh, like well, four fourth down and two, play, you know, you know, a forty yard touchdown. Two. I don't think that's conservative. I don't think that's conservative. And this so, guy can't say a bad word. Like he's a great human being. He's great American. You can't say any bad thing about Morgan. We're not telling him to say bad things, but you know he can't say it. he can't it's nothing. I don't know. There's something about having a six five, two twenty five dude in the pocket um, that won't get his shit blocked. Uh, that's just sitting there from Texas. That's the only yeah. thing that keeps it in the back of the head. And, and the thing that gets me about Morgan is, don't get me wrong, he kept a couple weeks ago and scored that touchdown in the end or near the end zone. But if you're not a guy, if you're going to do all these run pass options, but you're not a running quarterback, but then you can't throw it that well. What, what do we always know about college quarterbacks who can't throw the ball all that well? They can run their ass off and he can't. So that's the frustrating part. It's almost like, well, if you're not going to move much and you can't scamper that much, then let's just let a freaking six, Five two twenty dude with a bigger arm, you know, tries luck. If we're if we're running the ball this time this much anyway, if he's only got to put up fifteen to twenty passes a game, it, it's hard not to go. Oh man, let's try. You know, so it's it's a big decision that he's going to have to make. It's going to be interesting. It's a good point you brought up. Yeah, I mean, all that could be tainted. I mean, you could Tanner could have a great game against Wisconsin and a win, and then there'll be no yep. question about it, you know? And you're like, okay, Tanner's back next year, blah, blah, all's forgiven. When we've actually been seeing for uh, quite a few, I mean, even 2019, they yes. had their first four games were, you know, sack. Heart attacks. Yeah, heart attacks. <laughs> you know, scooping <laughs> scores all over the place. So, I mean, he managed to clean it up that year, and, you know, his offensive line is good for college and I just don't see, you know, he's got happy feet now and he's a little worried about the pressure and it's just not looking like it should look. Um, but nonetheless, he, he could be worse. It just, yeah. you know, like I said, the losses that aren't Ohio state and that aren't Iowa, cause I'm not going to pin the loss on Tanner for Iowa, although I think he did have a hand in it, but I'm more worried about the Bowling Green loss and the uh, Illinois yes. loss where you couldn't score uh. points. Yep. Uh, when you need to, and, and that's what concerns me the most about it. So I'm sure we'll have more Morgan talk coming up in the future, but, uh, you know, let's talk about Indiana. It's, I mean, they haven't played well, but they've played tough teams. They've been in games. This isn't a, an easy win, Chris. Yeah, they don't have their quarterback, so that helps. But I think it, you know, I think they're going to win the Gophers, but I'm stuck in between. Clean Aaron of they're going to grind it out and win it barely, or they're going to just be so focused and so pissed off that they're just going to release and then win by double digits. You know, kind of stuck in that realm right now, but I do think they'll win. But you're right, it's they're coached really well. The guy last year just won one, of, you know, was one of the best coaches, uh, had the best coaching job, one of the best coaching jobs last year. The guy was, there's this moment where they knocked off, I can't remember who it was, and as he's getting talked to, talked to in the, the end zone last year because, you know, the COVID stuff, he was kind of far away from him. But all his players were just, you know, high-fiving him, hugging him. You could just see he's got the locker room and the kids love him. So he's a hell of a coach. He's having a down year. They lost their wide, or their, their stud quarterback who had a breakout year last year. So I think they win, but I, 
and I wouldn't doubt if we hit on some big passes, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm stuck to where it's if it's going to be 19 to 16 or we actually win by double digits. I think they win too, unless they lay an egg. And I'd give my left nut to see an angry Gopher team. I just don't see that out of this program. I don't see anger anywhere. It's just you know all this family and love and joy and helping each other. And I, I've just never seen a team come out. You know, the best I've seen him play was at Colorado, and I don't, wouldn't say that was an angry performance. Um, I just think they came out. I'd love to see him come out angry and just kick the crap out of Indiana, but I think they win too, and I'm a little bit dubious in saying that uh, because they could also lay an egg like they did in Illinois and just not be able to, to pass the ball at all and be extremely one-dimensional. But let's hope that that's not the case, and I think it'll be a low-scoring game, like 17-14, 21-17, something like that, Gophers win. All right, hopefully we can talk about a double dip where the Bikes and the Gophers get the dub. We'll be back next week. Peace.